Thank you for joining The Collective today. The Collective is a storytelling podcast interviewing hairstylists and makeup artists. On today's episode, Kristen interviews master hairstylist, educator, and mentor, Sammy Skinner. Thank you so much, Sammy, for joining us here today on The Collective. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm so pumped to be here. <laughs> I'm excited to have you. I've uh, been a longtime fan from afar, but not really that far. We've no. realized that we're right <laughs> near each other in the same town. So, um, I'd like to start by first asking, who is Sammy Skinner? Well, Sammy Skinner is a very um, stubborn, um, strong-minded woman with lots of goals Um, a passion definitely for sharing a lot of knowledge, a mentor, and 100% someone who wears their heart on their sleeve, but you wouldn't think so at first. (laughs) I got you. A little bit of a (laughs) croissant is what I like to call those people. What do you like to call them? A croissant. I have a friend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A little crusty on the outside, you think, but then in the inside, they're soft and sweet. So 100%, 100%. (laughs) Yeah, I can empathize with the heart on the sleeve thing. Had to hear that. But you see it in me. So so tell me about how you got started. Well, well um, you know, I feel like I feel like my uh, story is a little different. I feel like we all have different stories and getting started. I definitely was never um, that kid or child growing up that thought I was going to do hair. Um, or be in this industry, in the beauty industry of anything, because I was such a tomboy. Like, I was just, I acted like a boy. I hung out with boys. Um, And I think, like, I was around, like, a teenager, right around, like, 13 years old. I got really, like, involved in the punk scene. And I I just got really heavily involved in music. And I loved the fashion, the hair, the makeup, the jewelry, like everything about it. I just loved it. And um, I started expressing myself through that. Um, I would like pierce my own face and (laughs) I would wear, (laughs) I would wear the crazy like spike collars and um, I got a hold of scissors and box color and would, you know, do my own hair. Um, because up until then, my mom would just cut it for me in the kitchen to begin with. And um, so I had a lot of people in high school that actually liked my hair, which if you saw a picture, I mean, high school, you would be like, I do not understand why they would say that. But I think a lot of it was more just my style and just kind of like the fact that I was a rebel, you know, and uh, they would ask me to do their hair. So we would have garage parties like when I was 16 and 17 years old and I would cut everyone's hair. They would all come over. We would drink PBRs and I would cut hair in my friend's garages. Um, and like leading up to like 17, 18, I thought I was going to be like a tattoo artist. I really truly did think that. And um, kind of coming out of high school, uh, I realized that the type of like art and what I was good at wasn't right for tattoos at the time. Like it might work now, but um, it was just too organic. Um, I didn't kind of have that like harsh Sailor Jerry type of art down. I just wasn't good at that. But um, I loved getting tattoos. Like I was getting tattooed at like 16 too in people's garages, you know, Um, (laughs) really hung out with a really, really top notch crowd. But um, (laughs) I graduated high school. I moved out the very next day and I still was cutting people's hair in my apartment. I didn't have any plans on going to college just yet. I mean, I barely skimmed by like skim by like the skin of my teeth high school. Um, just cause you know, I, I skipped school. Like I was just, I was troubled. I was a bad kid. And, um, my roommate looks at me one day, I'm cutting my girlfriend's hair and she's like, why don't you go to hair school? And I was like, what? Like I did not even know that that was an option. This was 2004. So like six, 17 years ago, right. Or it was like 2003. So 17 years ago. Um, I really just didn't, you know, know that that was an option. I never even thought about it. I grew up with two parents who, you know, worked behind a desk, um, just didn't have that, you know, like that background of hairstylists in my family. 
But um, I told my mom, I was like, mom, you know, I should, maybe I should go to hair school. And the next week I, there was two hair schools here. There was FSCJ, which I don't know if you know this, Kristen, but, um, and then Riverside Hair Selling Academy. So those are the two schools that you could choose from. So I was like, I'm going to go to Riverside Hair Selling Academy. It just sounds right, you know, has hairstyling in it and um, went and toured it. And I started within two weeks and it was kind of like, the beginning of a lot of new things for me, for sure. Um, but I will say my first week there, I was like, oh, yeah, I totally found my people. Like, this is definitely, like, where I belong is with with all these kids. And back then, I don't know if you would have – well, I, Christina, I know that you've been in the industry for – what was it? What did you say it was? About Five, 10 years. 10 years. So I just remember it was – I feel like back then – you know, the people in hair school are very different than the ones that go to hair school now. Um, and I mean that in a good way for the people that are in hair school now. So I definitely had found my crowd of people. And, um, you know, that was the beginning. And that was how I got started. Um, if you'd like, I would go on to tell you how I got into the salon. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I love that you were able to you know, I think it sounds like I, I love the beginning of it that you are an artist and that's what you always were. You just didn't realize it. And um, you just found your niche was in hair and yeah. that, you know, now take us into how you got into the salon. So I started I um, and I started hair school pretty much immediately. Um, you know, it was it was rough. I, I was a dishwasher at a restaurant called The Loop. Um I was making like $6 an hour and I lived on my own and I was in school full time and working full time. Um, there were days that I would like have to ride my bicycle to work because I did not have gas fit my car. I was broke as a joke. I sold my CDs all the time. I, I would be at the pond like shop all the time having to sell my stuff because $6 an hour is nothing. Right. So it took me a long time to graduate. It was about a year and a half. And, um, you know, hair school is, it is what it is. I, um, it wasn't, you know, my favorite, my favorite memory. Um, I really, I had a lot of struggle through it and it's probably because I was distracted and not making money and it was just a struggle to get through. And I talked to a lot of my associates now and they, you know, I, I always try and remember that part of like the struggle to, you know, have this full-time schooling and full-time job when you have to do both. It's a lot on your body. I mean, I, when I graduated hair school, I had spider veins all over my legs. Like I was 19 years old. So wow. I was exhausted. And when I finally finished, I applied at a few salons in Riverside. Um, and no one ever called me back. I wasn't super diligent about it because I was kind of, I was scared. I had a lot of confidence issues um, I just, I, I still, even after hair school, like still felt like I didn't fit in when I would walk into a hair salon and, um, it was just scary. I don't know what it was about hairstylists. And I think, I think, you know, I, I forget about that now when, you know, the new girls walk in to apply. I mean, it's a scary, it's just scary at first. It's intimidating to have strong women, you know, like just killing it behind the chair and, and walking into that. And I remember, having a lot of uh, reserves and kind of just waiting it out a little bit, you know? So I applied, I never heard back. And one day I was working in the front of the loop and I'll never forget this day. And I was ringing up orders or whatever. And this was after I, I started like actually like making food and not just being a dishwasher at the loop because I was there forever. And um, this girl walks in and she has this like red, curly, beautiful hair um, and I was like, oh my God, I love her hair. So she comes up to my count to the counter and I'm like, I love your hair. And she's like, oh my God, she's like the bubbliest person ever. And she's like, oh my God, you have to take my card. I'm a hairdresser right down the street. Um, I would love for you to come see me. And I was like, actually, I graduated hair school six, like six months ago. And um, or it may have been like four or five months or something like that. And she goes, Well, you should come and apply at our salon. And I was like, oh my God, where is it? And she's like, right down the street, Rio hair studio. You should definitely come and apply. You know, that was kind of the end of it. She gave me her card. I had never heard of this salon before. And I was like, all right. Um, so I went up there, you know, cause back then, like you, there's not like, there's no like online, like, you know, right. applications, <laughs> like right. I had like a dial up AOL, like 
computer, you know, that I would, you know, like renew my CD once a month or whatever so I could use the internet. But I went in there and I walked in and the girl at the front desk was a friend of mine from when I was like a child. We were life, like we had just been friends forever. Oh my and, God. um, it was so weird. It was the weirdest thing. Her name was Elise, the girl with the red curly hair. Her name was Jessica. They were both still very huge parts of my life now, which is like 16 years later. And I like walked in the salon. And I was like, Oh my God, Elise, you know, and I filled out the application. Um, and I felt good about it and I didn't get a call back then either. And I just, I really was like kind of giving up and, um, I started actually going back to school. I went back to college. I, I signed up for classes. And in the middle of me in my classes, the owner of Rio called me, Misty, um, who is like, just so everybody knows, she's still my boss to this day, which is crazy. Right. Crazy to think about. Um, we, have, uh, we have expanded and grown our salon so much since then. But she came in and um, or she called and she said, um, like, I know that you want to start doing hair. And I didn't. I wanted to be an assistant. Like, 100%. I did not want to be on the floor. Obviously, I talked about my confidence issues. Like, no, right. sir. I was not ready for the floor. And she said, actually, I would like to hire you on as a receptionist. And I said, okay, great. And um, I got my foot in the door. I, I went down to part-time at, at, at the Loop. I still was taking college classes. And I was working at Rio as a receptionist. And um, back then the mentorship programs, we, we didn't have those. Like we just didn't, you just assisted and like you would make like a dollar amount of money and you would leave. And by assisting you shampooed hair, there wasn't a lot of learning that happened. Um, but it's not anybody's fault. We didn't know that. You know what I'm saying? Because I think uh-huh. that the, our industry and just hair in general has changed so, so, so much. And, um, it, it was definitely like doggy dog back then. Like, you didn't share your knowledge. Like you just, you just came in and and you did your work and and you kissed ass. And that was just kind of what you did as somebody who assisted. And, um, it was hard. I probably left her crying every day. My boss was very tough, uh, very, very tough on me. She gave me a very, very thick skin, which I'm very thankful for to this day for that. Um, but one day me and Elise stayed late and I highlighted her hair and my boss saw it the next day and said, oh, wow, it looks like you're ready to go on the floor. And that was how I started on the floor. <laughs> wow. No, no coaching, no nothing, um, nothing. I had never used uh, Redken color before. I um, That was my first time using it. I didn't know the difference between um, like Shades EQ and color gels, which one's a demi and one's permanent for those who don't know. Right. Um, you know, I just kind of winged it and I winged it for like three years <laughs> um, until I got involved into education, which that's like a whole nother start of my, of my life there. But in the, in that time, you know, I was, I was going to school. I had gone back to school. My boss, took me to lunch one day and I'm going to excuse my language because I am going to, no, that's, this is, it's okay. This, this is exactly what she said to me because I was really nervous at the time that I didn't think I wanted to do this for forever. And I didn't believe that I would be able to have a career, like a full on career, um, having the life that I want and being able to take care of people the way I wanted to, because I really do. And I really enjoy that part of it. So the schooling I was going back to was nursing and my boss, my boss looked at me and she goes, I hate to break it to you. And you may not want to hear this, but she's like, you're a fucking hairdresser. You need to get over yourself. And I was like, and I like, I remember just being like, she's like, Sammy, it's in your blood and you need to quit going to school and you need to focus on this hundred percent. You need to quit your other job and you need to get over yourself. And I was like, all right. And I did it. I quit school. I quit, I quit going to, I quit the loop. Like immediately I was scared to drop that job. I was only there for two days a week, but it was like, you're letting go of everything. And then you're like, okay, this is what I'm doing. And I don't know what I don't know what the holdup was. I don't know why I was so scared, but I was really scared to just say, all right, I'm a hairdresser, like for life. Even though I, I was, it was like that relationship that you're like kind of embarrassed of at first. I don't, I don't know why I think it was, 
how people viewed hairstylists back then and the weird um like stigma that was attached to you know being a draft a dropout and a drug addict and those types of things so I was scared that I was signing up for a life of of feeling that way about myself which is it's true and now I obviously don't feel that way now and hairdressing is such a different different thing now but um that was that was it that basically that two years after two to three years in I was I was hooked and that was when I really started focusing and I guess just started trying to kill it <laughs> right put the food on the table and 100 yeah yeah right I can understand it it is a scary leap and um you know you just gotta sometimes take the leap you know and find your wings on your way down and mm -hmm. uh but having definitely sounds like you had the support and encouragement of your boss and the, mm -hmm. and the blatant, blatant truth. <laughs> right. Sometimes we need to hear that. Um, scared yeah. straight, right. And let's get yeah. this straight. You're a hairstylist. <laughs> yeah. She so. was like, no excuses, honey. This is what you're meant to do. And I just, I believed her and she, I mean, she was obviously right. You know, yes. yes. <laughs> you're still, you're still working with her. So she saw something and knew it was there and yeah, and that's amazing for her. So yeah. tell me a little bit about, so you got behind the chair, you've been, you know, focused, building your business, building your craft. And I want to bounce back to what you said about when your experience and a lot of people's experience of no education, you just kind of, you know, do the dirty work and sweep the floor and fold a foil mm -hmm. and wash and shampoo hair and observe from afar and learn along your way on your own. So tell me about how you um, got involved in your mentorship program at your salon, how it was developed and, and yeah. uh, your part in that. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, I love that. I, um, yeah, it was, you know, I think, I think going through it that way and, and spending the first three years, just absolutely just uh, making so many mistakes and I will, and I'm not, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I didn't mess up hair that bad. Thank God. I mean, <laughs> I definitely, I definitely had some very big mistakes, lots of learning. Sorry. I had lots of discoveries, lots of learnings. Um, but I, um, it just took me a lot longer to build what I have today. And we, I think it was, um, and, and forgive me, the years are always weird for me, but I'm going to say it's about 2009 and this new development was opening up over um, with it, on the south side area of Jacksonville, which is very central to everything. And where we were prior was in more of a sub kind of like neighborhood situation. So we weren't as centrally located. We were in um, close to like San Marco of Jacksonville, which is more of a neighborhood. So there's this new development opening and my boss basically said, we're going to, I want to build my dream salon and um, that's what I'm going to do. And so she, we were the first people to start building in this new development called Tapestry Park. And I think when we, when we moved over there, we were the only people in there and now it's full. There's hotels, there's restaurants and everything like that. But when we moved over there, we were the only ones there. And, um, we, she told us, and within six months, our salon was built over a three-day weekend where we closed the salon three days. Me and two other of our staff members moved everything over to the salon, set it up, we started, and we had a meeting. And Misty basically said, with this move, we are going to be switching to a summit-based salon. So what a summit salon is, is basically a salon that bases their growth of their stylist on the goals that they meet behind the chair. And we all hated it. Like we were not on board. The salon was half and half at the time, um, which um, half and half was hybrid. So half was booth renter, half was commission. And um and it took a few years for this to go through. So if any, you know, like it, I always tell people if they're thinking about doing something like this, like don't try and do it all at once. Misty did it right. You know, you phase things out, right? So it took a few years and um, we finally were in this like, you know, full commission salon. And 
um, we started the associates program because the reason why we couldn't start it right away is because there was no level four stylist that was able to house it and associate, you know, so you need to be, be productive enough to have somebody with you. Right. So, yeah. So I finally started hitting those numbers. I was the first uh, one in the salon to do it. And um, I started uh, raising baby associates and, Basically, what we do is we pluck you right out of hair school and we want you to start, we want you to start right, right after school. I mean, just, just so we can make sure that we're kind of molding you right away. But I've definitely taken girls that have worked at other salons as well. And it, 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 it all works out really well. And um, you come and we interview you um, usually about three to four times. It's a pretty difficult process and um, lots of personality tests just to make sure that everybody gels well together in the salon. And then you start with me. And when you are my associate and we, when we um, start the program, you are with me and next to me all day, every day. Um, the, first couple, the first month is really just you kind of understanding how I book, um, shampooing, uh, mixing color, learning about each color line, um, and really setting in the groundwork for, you know, what's to come in the next few months. And, you know, just to kind of fast forward, usually by the end of the mentorship, when they're around their last month with me, they're freaking coloring my clients roots and balayaging, helping me balayage like the back of the head. They're doing root shadows, glosses. I mean, they're doing everything outside of cutting hair and, you know, putting foils in um, to my guest and, um, What's so great about this program is like you're getting to spend a year with me and, and you know, like I'm nine to, to months to a year with me, depending on your growth. And what's so cool about it is like you get to watch me F up a bunch, you know what I mean? So like I'm really like I I still like make a lot of discoveries behind the chair. I think that's I think that that's how, that's how you learn. You know what I'm saying? It's it's really the stepping stones to, to getting better is is taking risks and, you know, making discoveries and they get to see me do that. So they come out of this program, just so freaking badass at hair, like at, in their first year. I mean, I have watched one of my girls become a level two stylist, like literally, you know, triple her income in a year from working with me behind the chair. And they get to, cause they're, they're, they're muscle memory. They're doing social media. They're mixing color for me they're you know they're blowing out hair so they're like they're seeing how I book and it they start to to book and and treat their you know their career already like I'm treating mine 16 years later and it's just so cool like I definitely am so happy that I didn't have it because I feel like I treat it differently because of that you know it's like such a holy like thing for me to have them and like just be able to see them just really kill it. I don't know, you know, and that's, that's our mentor program and that's how it works. And we have a couple other girls that are doing it as well. Um, but that's, that's how I typically do everything. So. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but the part that I'm so passionate about besides the artistry and how you make someone feel is, you know, you can be a badass stylist, but if you don't know, understand that this is a business that that it you know that affects your success and if mm -hmm. i remember correctly you guys have a pretty intense program for them to understand the business side like the numbers mm -hmm. oh yes yeah so we actually have well like part of summit is is tracking everything that you're doing um so you basically you're tracking every single day and you're given goals and if you take the goals daily if you're taking the goals daily and writing your numbers down, you're really able to see where you need to improve. So we do meetings uh, once a month um, and it would sometimes be with myself or the owner. Um, and we look over the numbers and we literally tell you which area you can improve in, which I can tell you that most of the time it's retail. Um, that's usually always, you know, the issue of growth. But um, that that's how we teach that. And then she does and she will send you to like Michael Cole seminars or um, like Summit, uh, like the, like Summit will do classes as well. And kind of when you're first starting out, you know, like if we tell you to go to a class, like you're going to go to it. So um, right. and that's and, you know, and that's really 
I mean, they, it's just so crazy. It's, it's so cool. Like how quick they build and how they learn their numbers. And you're right. You know, it is a, there is so many components because being a business hairstylist that also cares about the client's feelings, like you really are this, like, you have to know all the tricks, you know, like you're, you're like, not, you have to be very well-rounded, I should say, Mm -hmm. to be able to be really strong in your convictions and take it seriously like a business, but also treat your client like, you know, they're your family and that, you know, you love them and you care for them. Like, it's hard to do all three of those things, you know, like you got, you like, we're talented, you know, (laughs) and that I think, you know. Right. And I feel like, (laughs) I don't know how you feel, but I, as a stylist myself, feel like if I'm, I never feel like I have to sell to my client, whether it be retail or or an, another service is, is if I'm educating them and I'm coming from a place of ethics that they need this and why, then I'm okay with that. And it usually pans out well for everyone, you know, and I, I feel like, uh, you know, that that's a big part is being, you know, have that ethic behind you. And, um, but I do find that a lot of people entering um, the industry or even hair school, if you can think about it from that point of view, remember back when knowing numbers, you're like, I have to do math. I have to what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, I just don't get to play with hair all day. So I always, you know, in thinking about my connection with your salon, you know, back in the day, um, you know, when I was an advisor, we're coaching and preparing them that the they had to understand the business side of it, you know. And, um, and then, you know, going into what you said, I think your soft skills, uh, understanding that person, reading that person, you know, knowing that person is super important too. So yeah, you got, you're a, it's a very diverse industry. It's not just cut and dry and, and, uh, and that's all there is. So you've, um, we've talked about, you know, your journey into the, into the world and then your, your mentorship, your, uh, being a part of that and starting that and being so impactful on a lot of uh, newer stylists in the industry. Um, I know you've done um, a lot of publications. So tell me about that part. I would say that's, that's your um, creative release. Yeah. Um, And that's actually, you know, it's, it's funny that you say that because that's actually something that it kind of came on a little it's newer to me, honestly. Um, right. I, a couple of years ago, um, you know, I, after I became an, a Redken artist and obviously like we can talk about that, you know, is really when I started to take off and meet people and really start to feel comfortable and not to sound weird, but get a validation because right. um, some people don't need that in their life. And um, they have these like really big support uh, behind them. But uh, for me, and I, I would not say that I, I say I have a great support, um, but I sometimes do need the validation. So I think becoming an artist really helps with that. And, um, you know, I saw so I'll actually talk about my friend Sarah Jane, who's blush and made on Instagram. She's a good friend of mine for years and years and years. I mean, we have been friends back when she worked the Bobby Brown counter before she became this freaking insanely good uh wedding um stylist and not only that her publication she won naha like i could go on for forever but she uh entered behind the chair and uh you know i said i'm gonna i'm just gonna try it and um it opened up so many doors so i entered and i ended up being nominated the first year i entered and then i was nominated again the next year three times And I was like, you know what, man, this is like, I'm, I'm like on to something here. Like, I think I'm like, oh, I'm think I'm pretty good at this stuff. So I, um, I started, um, entering, um, I entered Naha last year for the first time. And I, you know, got to work with Darina, uh, Darina that's here in Jacksonville. And, um, that was an insane experience, but through all of this like happening, I, I entered Pravana too. Pravana shows your vivids. I can't even tell you. I don't even know how many more I've, I've entered because I just, I have a lot of content now and a lot of like really cool shoots that I've been able to be a part of and, um, and work on. So I'll, I'll kind of just submit them out and 
you know, all the other companies like Modern Salon and, you know, Beauty Launchpad and Hairbrained, you know, would pick up some of the work or I would email it to them, you know, first they would actually message me and ask me, you know, to send them something that maybe I haven't posted yet. So, um, and even kind of before that, I was actually in print a couple of times in American Salon and, and Modern Salon. And that was just for Instagram pictures, you know what I mean? So that was, I mean, it's, it's so freaking cool. Like it's kind of weird to talk about or even just think about that, 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 that sort of thing has happened. But, um, you know, there's no turning back. I think once you enter the realm of, um, of editorial and contest work, <laughs> like once you, it's like addicting, it's so freaking addicting. It's like all you, it's really all you start to think about, you know, sometimes. So, cause it's just a whole nother level of creation and there is no limit to anything. And when you're in the salon, there's, there's limitations, which is a good thing, you know, but it's right. so freaking, you know, like you can let your mind really just go anywhere and it's so freaking cool, you know? So that's, I mean, that's kind of, yeah, some publication stuff that I've been able to do, which is so cool. I think it's a, a great validation of being an artist, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, and to continue, you know, your own education, your own learning, your own pushing yourself and realizing that you can do something, you know, that you thought you'd never be able to do or, yeah. you know, come up with. And so I, you know, it's funny because photography was my first love. And when I went to hair school, um, I, you know, they do the whole, like, where will you be? What do you want to do? You know, the whole, like, what yeah. and editorial is all I ever wanted to do. I have yet to do it. So it's on my list of, of, of goals, career goals is to be able to, now I've instructed during an editorial shoot of like smooth this here, but I've never been the one to produce the work. Um, so that's something that I have for myself. So I admire those that, um, push that because, uh, I feel like it's such a good reassurance of that you are an artist, you know, at the core. So, um, you know, and there's, go ahead. I was just saying, and it's so cool too, because like you get to like work with a team, you know, so it's not because it's like you, you, you put in the work for the hair, but then you have like a makeup artist and you have like, if you have a stylist on deck to somebody who's, you know, doing wardrobe and then you have the photographer and there's like four minds are way better than one, you know? So there's like all of these crazy ideas that you never would have thought of. And then, you know, like it starts opening the doors for so many other things. So like working with other people and collabing with other people and even just assisting on a shoot like that or doing anything like that, like you just, your mind will just really just like, just really open up to like what, like the possibilities are so endless, you know? Yeah. I think the collaboration with like minds, uh, Mm -hmm. really does help grow. Um, and when I say like minds, not meaning they're all on the same path, but like just the, the like minds of the creative process and being surrounded by that supportive, you know, um, aspect, you know, like you said, hair, makeup, wardrobe, the photographer, like just learning and seeing things from their perspective must just be amazing. So uh, I got to move that up on my list of things to accomplish. I don't know if is going to be it, but it's kind of off to a weird start, but um, (laughs) right. It's like half the year's over. What happened? Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. but it's certainly given me um, a lot of creative thought process, a lot of time for reflection and calm, calmness to see things differently. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. how's the this pandemic? So we have this on record that we're living through a pandemic. Right. Um, impacted you creatively um, or personally? Creative? Um, personally, you know, I mean, I'll get kind of personal, like right when all this started, my fiance was in a bad accident and, um, he ended up breaking two part, uh, two bones in his tibia. So the first month of the pandemic for me, like this is, he had to have three surgeries. I wasn't allowed to see him. Like, I won't get into that. I shared that on my social pretty hardcore because I was like a freaking mess. But right when all this started, it was, I mean, I, I had just taught a class in Tampa and I was driving back. It was a Monday. My boss calls me and is like, 
you know, I'm, I'm one of her like go-to people now, which is so crazy. I, you know, I could talk about that forever, how I, you know, started there when I was a teenager that didn't know anything happening, but she called me and she said, Sammy, like, I think I want to be proactive and not reactive about this. Like we're closing the salon tomorrow. And this was the 17th of March. So this is before anything closed down in Jacksonville. And we decided to do just like a two person sort of social distancing in the salon. But Evan had already been at my fiance had already been in that accident. And so for me, when we shut down the salon, like I kind of, I don't, I don't know that I was affected by it because at that time, like going to work for me was kind of like, I don't want to say a burden, but like I had somebody at home who literally could not do anything for me. So I was a caregiver in the beginning of it. And, um, you know, and it's so crazy to think like he started healing through the, I mean, it, it, it lasted so long. He ended up healing. Um, not, he's not walking yet, but he healed enough to start going to work. So I drove him to work every day. And honestly, I'm going to be really real. And I was, I was on a live the other day talking about, you know, what to expect when you get back in the salon. I didn't really do any hair on my time off. Um, I did things that I never would have made time for before, which was like painting my house and stuff like that. Um, I'd never painted a room in my whole freaking life. And I painted, I really needed, I really needed that time away from the chair because I started to get to a point before the pandemic where I had literally forgotten about me. Um, the only thing I had really would do for myself is I would go to the gym. But when I came to work, it was mother freaking go time. Like we would have three clients at a time. Me and my associate were literally like balls to the wall all day. No break, no nothing, not drinking water, like literally just balls to the wall, like every day. And I realize like how hard I had been working and then to live on so little for a couple of months was a really big eye-opener for me and I really realized like my time is valuable and I refuse to go back to the way that I was doing things before um and not to say that it was you know it was it wasn't it wasn't like it was a bad thing it was too much. And I really like that I've simplified things now. I get to go back to kind of how I booked a long time ago, but like with way better skills and education and knowledge. And I really can spend the time and I don't feel I'm not worried about raising my prices and still, you know, making the same money that I was making before. But maybe not working so hard and spending that little bit more time with my client. Like those were a lot of the lessons I learned. And another thing was boundaries. Like my feelings, I I don't know how my hairdresser friends feel about this. My feelings were hurt a lot during this, um, during all of this, I was very surprised. Um, and I realized that, you know what, like, even though you may view somebody a certain way, they don't, they may not view you that way, you know? And, my boundaries now with um, my guests are just different and they're stronger and um, and I'm okay with that. You know, I just, I, I came back a little tougher and, um, but I think a lot of people did, you know, I mean, that's how it affected me, but it honestly is the most positive way it could be because now that we're back at work, it's hard working like this. It's hard in the PPE gear. It's hard, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'll be soon in a couple of weeks, hopefully. Yeah, so, I have, um, yeah, if you need I'm any advice. I'm a little advice, anxious about it, you know? It's, I was very anxious, yeah. like freaking out my first day. It gets better, but it's still hard and it's not the way it used to be. So I, you know, sometimes it's like we needed it. Some people needed the pandemic to slow them down. They really did. Yeah. And I, and yeah. I think I, I needed that. I realized that I spent every waking moment just staying so busy that I just didn't even think of who I was outside of my career. So those, the last couple of months kind of gave me myself back a little bit, honestly. So 
I try to find the silver linings and things. <laughs> yeah, that's know. amazing. I, I feel like I've 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 heard that just widespread, you know, from friends and family and and people in the industry and in other industries that this time, you know, as terrible as this is, that we, you know, the hardship and and the, and the loss of loved ones. It the positive is. Because uh, I'm a big believer of there's always a, a positive in any tragedy, and yes. if we look for it, and I I feel that a lot of people are coming to terms with that they're working so hard for what, yeah, because yeah. that's the status quo, and now we've been forced to, you know, take the time to be like like you said, who am I besides yeah. a hairstylist. You know, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, that whole, you got to fill your cup or you can't give to others. And, you know, in our, in our business and in this industry, it's definitely a relationship building business. So you being able, uh, well, all of us being able to like having to have to take a slower approach um, may not be a bad thing. Mm-mm. So, yeah, it's been great. Honestly, it's been really good. Yeah, it sounds like you've had an amazing career. I look forward to, you know, you continuing your editorial work and producing those, um, you know, great brand new stylists right out of school or not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that and that has to be able to add to it as well. Um, having things at a different pace now. Um, mm-hmm. That'll change, tweak that program as well, probably for you all at the in, in the salon. So you, you mentioned a, um, a Redken artist mm-hmm. and educator. So how long have you been doing that? So um, about four, uh, I would say four and a half years ago, um, Laura Carmichael is a dear friend of mine. And it's a hairstylist as well here in Jacksonville. Um, had started working at our salon a little bit before that. And to be perfectly honest, I always looked up to uh, Redken educators on stage. Like I thought they were the coolest ever. And, uh, I never thought I could do that, but Laura really pushed me her and I, you know, really vibed on each other as far as work ethic, her and I like, you know, like I said, we both work super hard and, um, she really pushed me to do it. And I will tell you, it changed my life and, um, becoming an artist going through the induction, which was three weeks long. Um, eight hours a day, five days a week. It was uh, once a month. So it was uh, February, March, April, or something like that. And um, it's not a, it's not so much how to teach that you learned. It was how to draw knowledge and experience and have other people open up around you. So it was, it was, it was, you know, it was more like a facilitation. So. The difference if you've ever taken like a Redken class versus, you know, um, you know, whatever, like a different class, like we don't talk, we draw information from you. So we ask lots of questions, we questions, we facilitate you to get you to come up with the answer, which is exactly what I do with my associates. It changed my life with them as well. And wow. um, most people know in the salon, if they ask me a question, I'm never going to give them the answer. So um, I, I lead them to it. And if it's the best answer that they can get from it, then that's better than me giving it to them and them not learning anything. And I think um, I've I've been teaching with Redken for four years now. Um, obviously, this year is a little different. Um, a lot of things changed. Um, everything will be virtual this year. So I will be taking a class on that in a couple weeks to kind of help. Because uh, teaching um, on Zoom is very different than in person. <laughs> but, right. Um, But yeah, I mean, I've been doing it for, I think it's like, yeah, a little over four years now. And I never in my life growing up, like super kind of, I wouldn't even say quiet, but just like angsty, more quiet, really, really overweight, unhappy child that never spoke in front of anybody. To go from that to speaking on stage is like, to, to learn, to learn ways to meditate yourself, to not be nervous and not be like freaked out or question yourself every second while you're teaching. Um, it, it was a growth that I can't explain. So anyone who ever reaches out to me about going through induction, I'm like, listen, even if you don't end up with, 
you know, like doing that for forever or staying with the company, it will change your life. So it was, um, that, I mean, I, I don't even know if that was the question that you asked me, but whenever I talk about becoming an artist, you know, that's where my mind goes is just that the training to get us there and the, tr- the training that we continuously have, uh, with our mentors. So it's, it's been truly amazing. <laughs> no, absolutely. That was perfect. I mean, yeah. you, know, you, you, people, you see them and hear them and, you know, but, what does it really mean to that person? So that's, that's inspiring for, to encourage others to do it as well. Um, I know there are a lot of people that, um, you know, that I know in, in our community that go to red, you know, the exchange and take the classes and, and work towards the induction. So it's really cool to hear what it's done for you and then how how that trickles down and affects, you know, your associates as well. So um, absolutely. Yeah, I was the kid that would take a, you know, an F on an oral report and turn in a written report because I couldn't do it. So, yeah, <laughs> so here I am. Oh, oh but, man. Yeah. So. All right. Um, well, I have one last question we like to ask. And um, what would 2020 Sammy tell 2010? Oh, my gosh. So. Do I, can I tell a little story with this? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So, oh, she would say a lot to her, but um, <clears throat> 2010, it's funny because like, you know, I, I look up my memories on Facebook and stuff like that. I kind of wanted to be reminded of that year. And <clears throat> that year was like one of the hardest years of my life. Um, I was in a relationship with somebody um, that had actually moved to Atlanta and I was supposed to move with him. I was just getting my feet off the ground in the salon, but also dealing with some pretty like deep seated issues. Um, I was, and I'll get really real here. I've actually never uh, admitted this or said anything about it before. I was in a bad car accident when I was 18 and I was um, addicted to uh, painkillers at the time. And I was um, taking those. I was going through this like crazy relationship. I kept thinking I was going to move and didn't know how to tell him I didn't want to be with him anymore. I finally broke it off. Um, got into some other very messed up relationship. Um, but <laughs> uh, through that time, I was able to actually um, get sober and, and not do that anymore, which was the first time in probably five years of my career at that time. And um, I got into this other relationship. and. Um, really found myself uh, unha- the most unhappy I had ever been. And I really started working super hard towards um, becoming like an artist and getting my education. And me and this person broke up and I met, well, I didn't meet. Evan actually has um, been my one of my best friends since I was 18. And when I was 28, I saw him again. We uh, ended up back together, and I will tell you that he saved me from myself. I had a lot of deep-seated confidence issues, and he, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but being with him and being with such a strong man and not really growing up with a great father or a really, not a, not a, with really no male, um, like, person to look up to. He really did not fill that role for me, but really helped, helped me in a lot of ways of uh, my quote unquote daddy issues. And uh, I started to grow like I blossomed like a flower and all of the things that I had ever dreamed of and ever wanted started happening. And I think that if I could just tell her, I would just say like, hold on. Like, it's going to be okay. You're going to go through some shit. It's going to be hard. Um, But everything that you've ever thought in your life that you deserved and wanted will happen. But you're just going to have to get your feet out of the mud, you know? And that's what I did. I just never looked back, never looked back. And I am thankful to this day for him. And I always tell him that, that he really did save me. And, um... And I ended up with my best friend and I get to marry my best friend and I have the job of my dreams and I've accomplished so much more in my life than I um, 
than I ever thought was possible, to be honest, ever. <laughs> That's what That's I was saying. Amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's, it's a sediment to, you know, it's, I love that whole aspect that we look back and um, it really touches us when we realize, you know, wow, if I only knew, you know what they say, if I only knew then what I know yes. now, but yes. without that, you wouldn't probably be where you are. And it sounds like to such a beautiful place, such a beautiful yes. place. It really is. And I'm, I'm thankful for all of those hard times because I, I would not be who I am today. And I don't think I would have the empathy or the compassion or the passion that I have for everything that I do now. If I, if I don't, if I didn't have those stories, if I didn't have that hard time, you know, so absolutely thankful. Well, I want to thank you so much for sharing yourself and being so raw and inspiring so many and Hopefully that this podcast will inspire even more. And I look forward to, you know, getting to know you even better and seeing what this the rest of this new year has for you and, and the new year coming up. I think everybody's kind of waiting for uh, 2021. I don't know. Right. <laughs> uh, but I would say that 2020 was a growth for all of us. So, Absolutely. again, I really, really enjoyed my heart has been touched by talking to you and getting to know you personally. And um and uh, I look forward to talking to you. One thing I want to um, ask is we want to provide your um, contact information for those yeah. that are, like, are following you. So what medias are you on? So I'm on Facebook as Sammy Skinner. I am on Instagram as Sammy Skinner Hair. And I am on TikTok as Sammy Skinner Hair. So those are my three um, handles that I love using. So Oh, you're on the TikTok. All right. Oh, yeah. All right. I haven't ventured there yet. I don't know. You know, I don't want to be one of those people that they make fun of, but, uh, you know, anyway, so we'll, we'll uh, put those in the link. And, um, again, thank you so much. And I appreciate your time and joining the collective. Thank you so much for having me. It was wonderful. That was great. If you liked what you heard today, please give us a like and follow us at the collective pro.